a shooting coach more than I wanted to pay rent. We're point guards, we're problem solvers, we're shooters, we find a way. Opportunity is is much different, right? But look at you and me, what we're doing with basketball. Because we're changing the game, Ashley. That's what we're doing. <laughs> and you can really make a life out of it if you really love it like that. Gosh, I don't think I've ever told somebody this. Am I maybe good at this? You know? <laughs> can I really do this? The idea hit me like a Mack truck. Shoot or shoot. There's such a clear parallel to going through hard things. And so I just started posting every a reel, right? Little pieces of value. People are gonna buy your online course anyway. And I think it's because that whole clip is speaking to, to people who don't even play basketball. Yeah, when we talk about changing the game, like that's how we do it. That it's hard, that it's gonna be hard. There's some, you can always go back to bartending, but it's not time for that yet. How you do anything is how you do everything. It's hard to improve upon something that you don't understand. It ain't about me. <laughs> Your motivation triples 10 times. When you're not self-serving, things tend to, to serve you. What does Aaliyah Chavez, JC Abbey, LA Sneed, and Bella Flemings all have in common? Yes, they are considered some of the very best players in their respective classes in the country, but they all have attended the She's Ballin' Showcase. Before all these young hoopers and thousands of prospects were known to college coaches, She's Ballin' Showcase helped introduce them to some of the most influential scouting services and evaluators in the country. Your club, your school, your reputation does not matter at She's Ballin' Showcase. Show up and let your game speak for itself. March 2nd, in San Antonio, the 11th annual She's Ballin' Showcase will help introduce the nation to some of the next best hoopers in the country. Visit She'sBallin.com for details. The event will definitely sell out fast, so make sure you hit that registration link. Cheeseballin.com. Use code DIFFERENT to get $25 off. Welcome to the It's Just Different podcast, where we bring on people who have been where you are trying to go and or have helped countless athletes get there. Today, we got yet another special guest. And let me tell y'all, we really done had a 10, 15-minute conversation before the episode. So I know this going to be a good episode. But we got the shooting coach herself, shooting coach, mentor, owner of Changing the Game Final Four, which y'all will hear more about later, and the owner of Shooters Shoot Brand. We got my girl, Brianna, and this is long overdue. What's up? What's up, what's up? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. I am excited. What part of town are you in? I know you're traveling all across the country, the world. You everywhere. Yeah, today... It, I'm in uh, Orcas Island. Uh, it's an island off the coast of Washington State. Uh, today is day uh, 621 on the road for me. Uh, I, just, I woke up in May of 2022 and decided I wanted to be a shooting coach more than I wanted to pay rent. So here we are on the road, still grinding. That's what we do. You wanted to be a shooting coach more than you wanted to pay rent. So I'm assuming you're going from place to place and you ain't got no mortgage. No mortgage, not paying rent right now. Um, doing it this way, um, it was a sacrifice of stability, but it, I did that so that I could I could pay my people. I think in this industry, you know, you've probably experienced this too. There's like this expectation of working for free in basketball. Um, and I've been on the receiving end of that. And it's something I even if it meant that I had to make sacrifices that I'll never ask somebody to do for my business. So this, this allowed me to invest in the people that are helping me build this. Um, and I think the best leaders I've ever had, uh, I saw sacrifice from me. So that's the, that's the example I want to set. Wow. And when you are going to city to city, state to state, what because it looks like you're in a place obviously what are you doing are you what are you doing yeah so in the winter time i you know this is slow season for basketball because everybody's in season and so in the winter time i, I put myself up in places like this for two three weeks at a time and i just have these work sprints on the back end of my business mm -hmm. uh because during the spring and summer whenever i'm traveling and teaching I don't have the the higher order thinking or the space upstairs to really enhance my business, get the new processes, new systems, new things that end up saving us time so that we can focus on the value that we're bringing other people, mm -hmm. other coaches, other athletes. And so 
that's what I do with my time. And then in some places, I'll uh, like word will get out that I'm around the area because of the algorithms and all of that. And I usually find business where I'm at. So um, I might set up a local camp at the high school here on this island uh, later on this week, because the people who stay here, I mean, it's an island. So there's like 17 people that live here. And so all 17 of them have have a kid at the high school. Um, and so word got around. So I might do end up doing a camp here. Yeah. So that's what I do with my time is I build the business uh, on the back end. And then if time is permitting or the situation works out, I'll find business to get some work done on the court here. Yeah. And I guess maybe I asked the question wrong. I meant like when you're going to these places, are you just like getting an Airbnb? Or are you picking up like jobs? Like what does that look like? Oh, yeah. I signed up on a trusted house sitting website uh, where I can just sign up for stays and I dog sit and house sit. Uh, I've right now I'm watching two wolves and some chickens. And uh, I've in Austin, I did a three week stay with two of the chunkiest cats I've ever seen. And uh, this is it's an exchange of services. So they don't have to pay for a sitter. I don't have to pay for a roof. And uh, I like to think I pay my rent in the form of plane tickets going where I'm going. Wow. That's dope. Man, Sacrifice. It's, it's been a, it's been a, like a life hack situation. Uh, that's, that's definitely a life hack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, basketball's universe ever expanding. And I mean, we're point guards, we're problem solvers, we're shooters. We find a way. That is a fact. Now, I feel like we just, I feel like something is going on here. There we go. We just kind of just, <laughs> there was, I was struggling right there. We just kind of start talking. We just kind of start talking. When we start this podcast off, I like to ask, what is different? The name of the podcast is, it's just different. I think that the game of basketball is very different, whether good or bad or both. What do you think is different in the girls game now versus back then? Whenever back then was. I think the outlook on opportunity is is much different. Actually, at this uh, at this place that I'm at, um, the couple that owns this house, the the husband, his mother, uh, her name is Joan. She just lives right across the way. We'll take the dogs on a walk later. Joan was one of the first women ever to run a marathon, to be allowed to run a marathon. Um, and so when we talk about the history of women's sports, do you, do you know when that was? What year that was? 1984. Mm. Wow. Which is, doesn't, it seems ridiculous. That was the first time women were allowed to run in a marathon? Are you that's crazy? Like, and so that's what I think is mostly different. I mean, it's maybe it's just the space that I'm in and what I'm building with changing the game is like we are... 40 years into building something for women. And this is like where we're really starting to see the uptick. So these young women who are playing the game right now, like we're building a significant opportunity for them to make a living in basketball, not just as a player, right? But look at you and me, what we're doing with basketball. Um, I get to travel the world and stay and hang out with dogs because I'm a shooting coach. Like, basketball you know ball is life and you can really make a life out of it if you really love it like that and especially now for these girls coming up with new nil deals and brand deals and yeah there's there's the opportunity is different yeah i agree i agree 100 percent. now we didn't talked about the sacrifice you making and you talked about business i know the people are like what's her business what does she do i i talked about it a little bit in your introduction but let's get right to it. What is Shooter Shoot? What is the Shooter Shoot brand? How did you become the shooting coach? How did you blow up on social media? So many questions in one. <laughs> well, I I started, you know, I think like a lot of coaches who come out of or a lot of players who come out of college, they decide they want to coach. And so everybody's first thought is let me coach in college and so I got a graduate assistant position at my alma mater it was under a, a head coach that wasn't my head coach and about six months into it or about at semester in December I resigned uh, mm -hmm. because there was just no joy in the gym 
And that's just really important to me. And so from there, I just got in a U-Haul and I drove across the country to Arizona and kind of kicked in the door there. And they didn't know I was moving there, but I was like, hey, I'm going to be a trainer here if that's okay with y'all. And they uh, that was the first time I sat in the room. You know, there were three men looking back at me or four men actually looking back at me across this table. And when I got there, they were kind of insinuating that they wanted me to work in admin position, mm. like the front desk kind of situation. And I remember that was the first time I really, gosh, I don't think I've ever told somebody this. That was the first time I really understood the power in my own voice. Um, it's the first time I ever really learned or felt myself use it. Um, because when they were kind of insinuating this admin thing, I just looked at them and I was just like, I intend to be a trainer here. And they were like, okay, <laughs> you know, you could be a trainer then. And so then, yeah, it ended up being the, uh, ended up being, uh, where I trained the trainers and that's where I got to get a ton of reps. Uh, we got to do these free 30 minute shooting workouts, right. Where we kind of got somebody's foot in the door and then would hopefully, they would end up training with us. And I probably did 15 to 20 of those every single week. And so you have to get really good at making somebody a good shooter in 30 minutes, right? So that's where I got to tune my teaching. And I remember the first time I felt like I I was like starting to get it was this athlete named Paris who was super strong but couldn't make a three-pointer because she couldn't understand how to generate power and we worked together for a couple of weeks and there was one day where we finally put her behind three-point line and I said let's just see you know all this work we've been doing and uh she missed the first one and then she was like cash cash (laughs) cash like she hit like eight in a row and I remember leaning up again I was like keeping my cool together because I wanted her to stay focused but I remember leaning up against the machine and being like Am I maybe good at this? You know, <laughs> can I really do this? Is this my way? <laughs> so that year was a twenty. Then it got to twenty twenty one. Three incredibly tumultuous things happened in my life that year. Uh, the third of which, that um, that facility that I was at, uh, they shut their doors, um, and in October. They did it all in the right way. They gave us three months notice. Like there's no bad blood there or anything, but, uh, the CEO flew down and at 6am, uh, at 6am, he sat us down and said that the business wasn't working out. So this was October. And he said, you know, after December, you know, starting on the first of the year, you know, we're not going to be located in this, in this gym anymore. And that was supposed to be a three year gig. Ashley, I would still be working there right now. And I remember I had a 14 hour day of training that day. And so it's the trenches, you know, and uh, I remember just that whole day getting to the gym floor and just having the most fun <laughs> with every single one of my kids, because I knew like these were some of the last moments I couldn't tell them yet, you know, because of the, the business and, and all of that. And so then I get home that night and it's, you know, I sat down on my front porch and had a good cry mm-hmm. and then it's 11 o'clock at night and 111 degrees outside in Phoenix. And the idea hit me like a Mack truck, shoot or shoot. And mm. I went and grabbed my laptop, made the first like flagship t-shirt design uh, and <clears throat> just started building a t-shirt brand. Cause that's the first place I knew how to start. And my roommate gets I was a college player at the time she gets home, I show her and she was like, Oh my gosh, that's sick. I'm gonna get one. And then that next morning, she left really early at about 530 for morning practice. And I was still outside on the front porch. Um, You're lying. This building. And that was yeah, October of 2021. So the business was two years old a few months ago. And yeah, I just haven't, once an idea hits you like that, and then shooting is, there's such a, there's such a clear parallel to going through hard things mm-hmm. when, when it comes to shooting and shooting slumps and not being able to figure it out and then having these breakthroughs. And that's such a clear teaching tool for so much more than basketball. And so I think that's another reason why I was so drawn to it, the the impact and the relationship to confidence that shooting has and 
from there, it's just throwing noodles at the wall and seeing which one sticks as far as like all these different products and different things I've tried, cohorts, so yeah. <laughs> um, the conference, uh, the mentorship program that translates into clinics. And we have run Sunday night meetings for athletes who want to show up that, that are completely free. And yeah, so that's where Shooter Shoot came from. And in about a year ago, I made the choice to continue on the road so that I can keep building like this. Um, social media happened slowly. Um, it seems like it happened fast. But I was going to say, it seemed like it happened so fast. I looked up and I was like, like, I'm seeing like some of your videos, like somebody actually sent me like, hey, do you know this girl? And I'm like, I actually do. Like, yeah. <laughs> so like getting your videos sent, like, I feel like it's just like. Yeah. Um, it's funny. There's a, there's a quote that's something like, you know, I worked every day for 10 years for somebody to tell me this happened overnight. Facts. And um, that's sort of what it felt like is back in 2020 is when I really started taking my social media serious. And so I just started posting every a reel every day, getting good at it, right? My first one was terrible. It was like, you know, five people liked it, right? I had 1,200 people that were following me at that, at that point. And even all the way up until less than a year ago, less than a year ago, February of 2023, there were about 2,300 people that were following February me. of 2023. Right. And, and I just like in that month, I had this kind of this moment where I was like, I'm just going to share my best information because I was gatekeeping it. I was thinking like, you you want my best stuff? It's in my online course or yeah. whatever. And I, <laughs> I'm going to yeah. give you a tease. I'm going to give you a little bit, but you got to get, you got to go here. To right. Get <laughs> right. And so I think we all like, I think all creators that, that have had this same kind of epiphany have started there is I've worked so mm -hmm. hard to gather this information and put it all together and, and do all of this and teach it and learn it. And mm -hmm. I just don't, there's this this feeling inside of you like oh i've worked so hard for this i don't want to just give it away but then if you give that to people in little pieces right little pieces of value people are going to buy your online course anyway anyway they have to know, like, they're getting yeah. it anyway <laughs> so that's what i did is i just last february i started just sharing my best teaching and that started to pick up and then i went to Sweden for three weeks on my very first house sitting. This is when I started all of this, uh, my very first house sitting situation. And I was dog sitting a French bulldog named Yoda. And uh, Yoda was so stinking cute and an absolute menace, an absolute menace. And he was there the moment where things started to really pick up. Uh, one video kind of went off about uh, when I started breaking down Russell Westbrook and Steph and all of their shop pass like that stuff started to pop off and then I met Joseph who was this local Swedish kid and he hit me on Instagram and he said you know I'm about a 90 minute train ride away from this gym I've seen you working out at can I come meet you there and can you help me with my shot I can't figure it out and I said Joseph absolutely my guy and he like tried to hand me 10 Swedish, whatever Swedish dollars are. And uh, I was just like, bro, no, like use that to get into the gym. Cause like, I, 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 we had to pay every day to get into the gym. And so then we worked through and then it ended up four kids showed up for that. Four young men showed up for that little group training that I ran. And one rode a train five and a half hours one way with his what? mom to come and train in Sweden. It was crazy. And I still keep track, keep in touch with his mom. Uh, and Joseph, I still keep in touch with him and the other two guys. And so that was the moment where I just got on film the things that happen every day in my sessions and in the way that I teach and communicate. And again, it's it's all of this work, this every day, this grind to kind of culminated into this moment of of teaching that touched and reached so many people. And so I posted that video in March after I got home and it went bananas. Yeah, March 20th last year. 
Yeah. And it went bananas. I had 2,000 people that were following me. It, that video I posted, it absolutely went insane. It had 17 million views last year. And that took me from 2,000 people to 95. And, and you posted it. Did you post it? That was just on Instagram or you posted it everywhere? Just on Instagram. Wow. Yeah. And then this past, like, gosh, two weeks ago, I posted that same exact video. I just reposted it saying this was my most watched video of 2023. Reposted it first week in January. And all, I guess, all the people who hadn't already seen it saw it. And that's when another, so since two weeks ago, 40, 43,000 people have followed me in the last two weeks. Oh my God. Absolutely wild. Um, and I think it's because that whole clip is speaking to, to people who don't even play basketball. Yep. And it was so surprising how many people it's touched. And, um, and then somebody picked it up on LinkedIn. So now it's going bananas on LinkedIn right now. And now I got to get on LinkedIn cause in all of my free time. And, uh, yeah, I think it goes in tandem really well with, with just what I'm trying to build and, and the difference you know, if we're talking about, you know, <clears throat> it's just different is yeah, the way that I teach is, I think, different than we're used to being taught or even than I was taught. And mm -hmm. yeah, when we talk about changing the game, like that's how we do it. So much to unpack in all of that. Like that's yeah, motivating. <laughs> like crazy so shooter shoot brand started with just t-shirts just t-shirts it was on a, a website called i think it was called bonfire where it's like a mm -hmm. print on demand service and so they take like most of your money uh, and they yeah. kick you back but then they they print the t-shirts and send it to everybody um for kind of you like printful i've used printful which is kind of sad. yeah so similar so i i ended up creating a brand website for just the t-shirts and stuff. Um, mm -hmm. Did like this bootleg photo shoot where I got three or four of the girls, three or four of the girls that were in the gym at the time. Um, like, hey, can you meet early? And then I'll bring you a bunch of gear. And we all were like taking off t-shirts and putting on the same ones. And, and we had this, this photographer, this kid was like 16 years old, like oh you know, really getting on the floor, like laying flat on the floor. Oh my god! <laughs> and, uh, then we we used those for the site, and uh, yeah, it's just been it's just been about like building and understanding that it's that it's hard that it's gonna mm -hmm. be hard. There's some days, I mean, even a year into it, um, right before I left for Sweden was about a year ago in in December of <clears throat> would have been December of 2021. But I still have so, uh, written in my notebook. Um, or my journal, like almost a year ago, exactly. I was scraping quarters off my floorboard, trying to get my last load of laundry done. Um, mm. And I, I wrote something there in in my journal, like you can always go back to bartending, but it's not time for that yet. And that was, yeah, 14 months ago. And this year was our first six figure year. Let's freaking go. Dude, it's been wild. Thanks for asking. It's been absolutely wild. That, um, let, let, uh, let's get into that. Like, I still got even questions about the brand, but let's get into that. If you mommy asking, I'm nosy. I'm going to ask questions. No, no, no. I'm an open book. Six figure brand. Where did the money come from? Like, what were the streams? What did that look like to generate six figures in the business? Yeah, so... A couple of places I did. So obviously the clothing brand piece that didn't bring in a ton, but it was a supplement. Let's stop right there real quick. The clothing brand. Like, are you still doing I basically drop shipping? Are you still doing print on demand or are you doing it a different way? No, we've, we've switched to um, a fulfillment center, but it's a really special situation because most fulfillment centers you have to buy in bulk yeah. um, where this fulfillment uh, situation that we got our, we just got lucky um they replicate the print on demand uh for us mm -hmm. by but it, it just all goes through a fulfillment center in dallas so 
So if I we're actually planning. Site, sorry. So if I go on your site right now, buy a shirt, you're basically still not doing anything. Oh yeah. No, no. I knew from day one that the clothing brand was a way to start, but I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm not a clothing designer or like, I didn't want my my focus to be on this. So now my, my, one of my best friends, uh, Jeremy, he, I was in his wedding uh, and he and I met at, as bartenders at Chili's in, in, the, in Decatur, Texas. Uh, he trained me to, to be a bartender there. Uh, hi, welcome to Chili's. You know, and, uh, <laughs> he, he uh, had just watched me build this thing. And one day we were sitting in his house and just having a conversation and about the clothing brand and how I said, I'm, you know, I'm just going to let it grow organically because that's not mm-hmm. what my focus is. And he said, well, I'm kind of in a place right now where I could try it if you want me to. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you a story about Jeremy and mm-hmm. how you do, how you do anything is how you do everything. I would watch Jeremy on Tuesdays. He, he was the bartender that had to do inventory because he worked Tuesday mornings. It just happened that way. And I would watch that man do it the right way every single time where he'd get these huge shipments, you know, Decatur, Texas, you know, people like to drink over there. So he'd get these huge shipments of, of beer and liquor and all this stuff. And when you go back into the beer cooler, the way you're supposed to do it is pull all of the cold packaging or all the yeah. cold beers out put all of the new warm beers from the truck in and then replace the rest of the beer there so that you're getting it from the back end. And the easy way to do it, nobody would really know, is if you just put everything in front. But he mm-hmm. would take the time, sometimes it would take him an hour and a half when he's already done with his shift to just do that thing the right way. Right. And how you do anything is how you do everything. And so when he wanted to come on to the brand, I was just like, absolutely and it just so turns out that he's randomly like a prodigy at designing things wow. <laughs> like he could design jerseys like any idea that i have for t-shirts or for a new like a new design he's like oh no i think this would look great with embroidery um i don't like this positioning whatever so he's my chief of products he does everything all the marketing emails i obviously i had to teach him how to do all of this but like i we took we went together on a retreat uh in montana we stayed in a yurt together by by this like river and there were bears and stuff that we had to watch out for and i taught him everything he stayed there with me for four or five days on his birthday and uh i got him trained up on on everything and now he just handles that shit like he just wow does it um and he's got even bigger dreams and a bigger vision for the clothing brand than even i do Mm -hmm. uh which is just awesome so that's the clothing brand piece so it's mostly obviously I still oversee it but I found somebody that I trusted to take that piece over so I could focus on on teaching yep yep so you got the clothing brand and then which was some revenue and then what was the rest yeah so I do a subscription uh service where I train athletes uh virtually and so the the barrier of entry to that is usually a an hour-long call where we deep dive into your shot so they pay for that. That gets them 30 days of training. Uh, and then if they want to continue training with me after those 30 days, then uh, they just subscribe and it's 20 bucks a month. So the 30 days of training, you're training every day of the month? So <clears throat> it's virtual, right? Right. And so they send in videos as often as they want to. Got it. And some athletes, like I, I was, I've got an athlete who's a 40-something-year-old guy in England right now and he did he and I did a breakdown together and he's so excited and so grateful he's like I never would have seen any of this stuff before he sends me videos like every single day and I'm so like the the fee is for you can send as many videos and you're breaking down every single video that they send yeah I say here's what I'm seeing like and, and we we like have this there's this concept of called that I call the one thing that's their responsibility. You need to tell me what the one thing is within the hundred things that you could think about during shooting. You need to tell me what your one thing is that day before you send a video into me. So I know what you're working on so that I can see, okay, as you're focused on this one piece, let me make sure all the other pieces are still staying together. Um, and then they get good at that one thing inside of their shot. And then we move on to another, um, which we all, we, they get their you know list of seven or eight things or sometimes less um in that deep dive call that we have and they get the recording and all of that and so it really feels like 
it's hard to imagine virtual training being like super effective in Mm -hmm. athletics. Mm -hmm. Um, And it is absolutely amazing what understanding shooting can do for you. Mm -hmm. Nothing is going to replace the reps, right? Like if you're not going to go to the gym and get the reps, like you're not going to get better at this thing. But by simply teaching them just even bits and pieces of my curriculum, I don't give them all of it because they don't need all of it. But even it's hard to improve upon something that you don't understand. And so by teaching them how to understand their own shot within the context of, of all shooters and how they're going to be a little bit different because of this, that, and the other, it's empowering. Like the left thumb, for example, so many people teach against or teach players, never use your left thumb in your shot. Never do that. That's bad. And I could name Steph Curry, Diana Tarasi, uh, Trey Young, Kyrie Irving, Dirk Nowinski, Kelly Oubre, Ali Quigley, Sabrina Ionescu, Caitlin Clark, all of those people I just said, their left thumb is involved in their shot. Why would I ever teach against that? Mm-hmm. And so when you say that to somebody that's that's like a decent shooter and they're just like, oh, yeah, coach, I'm trying not to. I've tried so hard not to. I'm like, but why? You know? Right. Um, and so it, part of it's the confidence thing of letting them like sit in and like be okay with the way their shot is now. And then the other piece is ongoing feedback. And it feels like magic teaching shooting in this way. Ashley, I've never seen it not work. Actually, that's a lie. Just once. I had a photographer one time. He was like, can you fix my shot? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not a whole and photographer. <laughs> yeah, he, he was the one. He was the one. He was the one person I was never able to help. But just one. It's tax time. And there's no better place to get your taxes done than Bob's Tax Teachers. Bob's Tax Teachers have been in business for over 30 years and is the one place that will strategically and legally get you your max refund. Located in Austin, Texas and servicing clients from everywhere. You can simply send in your tax return with the click of an email. Located at 209 South 12th Street, Unit 105, Pflugerville, Texas 78660. You can email at info at or call 512-252-1297 to book an appointment. You can also visit a site at www.bobstaxteachers.com. Tell them it's just different pie sent you. That's funny. So they get this for 30 days, and then if they want to do it every single month, you just have them sign up for a subscription. So you got the subscription base, okay? And okay. was that it? Nope. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, I, I do cohorts for coaches uh, right before season starts, um, and then right after season ends to just be better teachers of shooting that's a that's been an incredible product uh there's the elite retreat that i run every year for uh elite kid elite 15 and up girls uh that uh, we put them in a airbnb together we do three a days i bring in a life coach and a director of player development and that's the best thing i've ever created was the uh, the elite retreat and we get sponsors and stuff for that um also run, you know, my mentorship program. That's how athletes are allowed to go to any camp situation that I run. So it's not just a camp. Like I, I even struggle with calling it a basketball camp because yes, it's this four days where, or two days where we're going to be together. And I'm going to teach you shooting, but really what you're paying for is this year round mentorship that you are required to be a part of. It's free. Like it's no, it's no added cost, but I make athletes get into the mentorship program so that they at least have access how much they use it is going to be totally on them, right? I don't force it as far as interaction and all of that, but they have access to all of my curriculum. They have access to videos on how to write their letter to a college coach. Um, anything new that, as a resource that I build for athletes lives in there. So some of the income comes from getting people to the camp, which is a foot in the door to get into the mentorship program. Um the conference is now not necessarily a revenue stream because all that money is going back to the speakers and back to the people that are attending the conference. Um, just throwing noodles at the wall, Ashley. You're dope. You're inspiring. <laughs> like, I'm going to keep saying it. Like, I I love it. Like, we two in the same. Like, <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, I feel like you just told me you like wrote a book and bought an Airbnb and started a podcast just because it was your birthday on three different years, you know? <laughs> every year I celebrate something and I'm like what am I gonna do this year that's how that's how the podcast came like I said I've been wanting to do the podcast didn't really have a time like 
I really don't know how I be making time for stuff at this point. I was just gonna ask, like, I don't know. Yeah, like, how are you doing a podcast right now? I feel like you're so busy in yeah. general. And no I think, way. I think, so honestly, I do like being busy, but as I've grown in in business, like, people always be like, when you say busy, like, oh, that's good. Busy is not always good, like. And I've learned that. So I've actually taken some things away. Um, I had to make one of the hardest. And well, everybody that was on the, on the episode, the last episode, yes, I did hint at it. And I didn't really talk about it the way I needed to. But, yeah, I had to make one of the hardest decisions that I've had to make. And it was to let go of my high school division of AAU. Um, and that was tough. That was tough. I had a lot of talented girls. Um, but at the end of the day, and we kind of talked a little bit outside before we start recording, like, I truly, truly believe that AAU is, uh, is chaos and my life is in chaos. Like I don't, I operate in chaos just in business, but like, I don't do drama. I don't do, I don't do any of that. And I think that's AAU. So a lot of that, like allowed me like to start this podcast, like bring people on like you, like everything we've been talking for 30 minutes and like i just know it has inspired so many young girls to be like i can do it mm. you did not play division one basketball you no, I did not did not play division two basketball nope. you played college <laughs> basketball and, yeah, and you just you just talked about how you just within two years two to three years of having your business how you just got your six figure like a six figure mm. business like and that's why I started the podcast. Like, and I, I had to like go between like, do I keep getting these headaches and being so frustrated and being involved in mess? Like all because it's like, at the end of the day, it's like, I want to help kids. I want to help kids. So do I keep I was, doing that? Right. Or do I figure out another way to like, I truly feel like this podcast is going to impact way more kids than I could have ever impacted coaching an AAU team. Yeah, and I, I want to speak to that about, like, you and about me and, like, this this thing that we have, this, like, this motive, right, mm -hmm. that we have to, to be busy and to keep going. And I think it's because it's so clear, and I can I can even read this from you, is, like, it ain't about me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when it's not about you and when you really – sit with that like you just said three different times in that last sentence that you know how can i impact how can i bring value how can i make sure these girls are inspired and when you realize that it, it's not about you anymore it's like your motivation triples 10 times mm -hmm. you know 15 times what you normally would have been motivated for just for yourself is because it it's not for me coach it's for you Bad. um and so i think yeah, building this thing, you know, this It's Just Different podcast or Shooter Shoot, it's all in the same. It's really cool and really fun to do and, and really great to challenge yourself and you know, cry and flip tables. Everything. And and all yeah. the emotion. <laughs> but it's all coming back to, you know, the text message that you get saying, you know, coach, like I did that thing that you suggested and it worked and I just got buckets and it's yeah it ain't about us and i think that's that's a really powerful place to come from because it's when you're not self-serving things tend to, to serve you oh oh that's a good one that that it's is a, a fact that was a that's bar a, i actually said that bar. it wasn't on purpose yeah <laughs> that's a whole bar right there that's a whole bar yeah hmm. i love it I love it. I want to get into, like, we talked about the shooter's branch, your shooter shoot and the shooter's brand. Like, you keep going big and going bigger and going bigger. The retreat, before we even get to, we're going to come back to the retreat. We're going to come back okay. to the retreat. We're yeah. going to go to the event at the Final Four. Like, I personally didn't even realize that it was your event. Like, what went into that? How did you, like, you already got everything else going on, the retreat, shooting, trainings, camps, coaching, and now you're going to run a whole conference. It ain't about me, coach. It's about you. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I mean, you 
you're speaking to just the AAU version of it, right? I think there's this collective of very clear uh, problems, issues, standards that need mm-hmm. to be raised in women's mm-hmm. basketball. We talk about the future of the women's game, and I heard I heard a commentator a commentator say this uh, a couple of days ago when I was watching a game how these girls you know, in high school and in middle school and even in college, like they're the future of women's basketball right now. And I sat with that because I agree with it to a point, but then I sat with it and I thought, nah, like coaches are the future of women's basketball right now Mm. because how we model what it's like to be a good coach. We are modeling it for the five, six kid that can't move sideways. That's not going to end up going pro or playing high level in college. That's going to end up becoming a coach and somebody who leads. And so I had this, this moment of, you know, I spoke at a player development conference or I got asked to speak at a player development conference and they asked me to speak on the women's experience in coaching. And so I said, okay, I'll speak, you know, I got that. I'll speak on that. So I, I get there. And the message that I gave was the women's experience in coaching is being asked to speak at a player development conference about what it's like to be a woman instead of my own expertise. And if you guys really want to empower my voice, ask me about basketball. That's how we go about changing the game. And it was very well received by the audience and not at all well received by the people who organized it. And they never paid me. Um, what? And not, they never paid me. Not only that, five months later, they put a back charge on my card. I left for incidentals at the five-star hotel. They put us up in for a near, near four figure charge. And I don't share that to like, you know, for people to feel sorry for me or anything like that, but this isn't the standard. And whether I'm a, it has less to do with me being a woman. And I think more to do with like, I, I know men who have been taken advantage of in that, in the private sector, in the business, at the youth level, we see young people getting berated by grown people, grown men, grown women, right? Screaming mm-hmm. at kids when they're, I mean, you work the AAU circuit. I know you saw it um, and not screaming in like motivational screaming and like humiliating you in front yeah. of this crowd people parents can't say anything kids can't say anything because there's a bias my kid's not going to get playing time if I speak up all of that in high school we have high school coaches that are still dealing with their own traumas and they they coach through their traumas that they were coached up with in in college there's grandfatherism of coaches right like like ain't no way this person who was fired from this division one school for a really good reason there's no way the next time I see that person is coaching as the interim head coach in the elite eight that same year. Um, you know, at the pro level, there's, you know, what we give the, the best women in the world um, when it comes to head coaches or the, the leadership there. And I think there's a huge change that's happened in the last two years or so in the W's like, so a testament to them, but this is what changing the game is, is, we have to redefine what we're going to accept as standards at, at for women's basketball because the game isn't in their hands, it's in ours. And if we can create this space that's never been created for women conferences, you go to a basketball conference, it's 95% men or more. And it's not that I don't feel safe there. Like I go to the, and it's like, it's like summer camp for adults. Like it's great. I have a, I have a great time there, but there's not a space created for women for coaches so where we can go there and just talk about basketball. I'm not trying to, cause nobody's trying to go to a player development conference and talk about women's empowerment. Right. I'm not, you know, like I'm there to talk about hoops. And so that's what the conference, that's where it came from. It's from this myriad of places of, of understanding change needs to be made. And if it's bold to think that I could have, there, and there's a reason why you didn't know I was I was I was building it because it's not about me. It's about these women who are going to be able to to showcase what it means to hold the standard or to to protect your mental health as a coach because your mental health is their mental health is largely dependent upon yours as a mm-hmm. coach. Um, biomechanics, shooting, 
mental performance, confidence, how to run a great camp as a fundraiser. So you don't have to do any other fundraising. Cause like for me at the NAIA level, at the JUCO level, I had to do some wild things as fundraisers, like things you wouldn't even believe. We can get into that story if we have time, but yeah. So there's all of these places where women's basketball is being served, where basketball in general is being served that I think coaches don't even know about. Mm-hmm. And what's cool is we've got WNBA coaches signed up to go and we've got youth coaches of their fourth graders team signed up to go. We've got executive coaches that don't even play basketball, don't even know anything about basketball that are signed up to go to be in this space that's created by and for women. Um, And not just for women, but we have men signed up to go too, which I think is an important aside because without the men that were are willing to hold up ladders for us when their colleagues aren't, then we couldn't be doing what we're doing right now. And I think, yeah, that's, that's what changing the game means it's there's a lot of layers to it but ultimately like can we get to a place where we're confident enough to give people truth with love when they're not holding the standard we teach our athletes to hold the standard of accountability for themselves and the standard of accountability for their teammates yet we excuse ourselves of that same thing as a whole industry and Mm -hmm. this is i think how we kick off something that's different now i can't wait to be there i'm telling you that i can't Ah, I'm coming. I can't wait. Tell the people where to find it. Where can they go? Some people that want to sign up right now, where do they need to go to sign up? Changing the game final four.com is pretty simple. Uh, and you can register right there. We're early bird until February 1st. Uh, and uh, I'm taking care of your breakfast. I'm taking care of your lunch. Uh, so that because I've gotten, I've had about 80 meetings with with coaches all over the country about the conferences they've been to and and what they liked and what they would have changed. And that was one of the things. We're going to have an outline so you can follow along with each speaker and not feel like you have to jot down every single little thing. Um, and the mixer, uh, I'm from Austin, Texas originally. So the mixer, we had to have live music there. So we'll have live music at the mixer. We also just confirmed the best DJ in Cleveland, DJ Chris, Chris Styles. He's got his own radio show in Cleveland. He's going to be our DJ there at the mixer. Uh, we got some alcohol sponsors because it is the final four. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like, it's been so cool to create it for you right like not for me at all like i'll have a piece on shooting but that piece isn't about me the speakers aren't going to be there because it's about them Uh, we all the women i brought on to speak are all so impressive (laughs) and they're all so um so collectively uh, we understand it's not about us yeah and you you live by y'all she's living by what she's saying unless i missed something when i went to the website i didn't even see like I saw you when I went down to speakers of like it scrolling. So like that just goes to show like you're not all over the page, like none of that. Like it's it's truly for everybody else. If you're a coach of any sort, youth, AAU, especially y'all AAU directors or coaches, y'all really need to be there. But yes, any, any coach like get there, you need to get your tickets. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. I know it's going to be fun. We didn't yeah. been talking close to 45 minutes. That's close to an hour. And we done talked about everything I want to. And we got time. You said we got time. We got time to talk all day. But I want to bring the, I want to bring little Bree back or just younger, younger Bree. Like we done talked about everything that you're currently doing with the brand, with the conference that all didn't just like come out of the air. Like, what made you even get into that? As I, I mean, I know we talked about earlier, you didn't play D1, none of that. Like, how, what, what was those steps like to even get to the shoe to shoe brand? I know you talked about um, being in Arizona, all of that, but playing days, all of that, what did that look like? I was, yeah, <laughs> little Brie. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I was always – my dad was a coach. I'm from I'm from Texas. My dad was a football coach, so I always had keys to the gym or, or the football field or whatever. So I used to do the 
you know, I used to do the strength and conditioning workouts with all the football guys in preseason, you know, they'd all be squatting 45s and I've got my little like, you know, bar with stuffed animals, you know, on the side, just doing the work with them. And and so being in that environment of, of greatness and of, of pushing each other in sports, you know, how it can just make you connect across age and gender and yeah, all, all of these, all of these things. So I just grew up in a gym and I, I basketball, I was, I, I was really good at it. I was naturally good at it. And I it was my first love. It was something that challenged me. It was something that made me feel cool. Uh, because I, when I growing up, I was, I was pretty chonky, you know, when I was little. And so that was their confidence thing was always a, was always a battle for me. And I was just, I felt the most confident ever when I was either on a basketball court or playing music. Um, secret, secret talent. My minor was in music. Um, okay. I, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was a, a whole nother version of, of my life. But so then, <clears throat> yeah, when I was 14 years old, I, I had a coach tell me I was never going to play at the next level. I was never, I was too small. I, I wasn't fast enough. I didn't have the right attitude. And um, she actually, um, he, this one game, it's like a key memory for me is she humiliated me in front of a crowd full of people, um, sent me, sent me running to the locker room crying. I had to run past all the varsity girls. And it was like this, this moment of where your, your leader is supposed to make you feel safe. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just, yeah, she embarrassed me in front of everybody. And you just don't really understand the difference one moment can make um, either for you or for somebody else. Um, because when I ran down that dark hallway and sat down in, on, in that locker room, like I knew I was going to quit, right? Mm -hmm. Like this ain't worth it. I never want to feel like this ever again. And my hero at the time, her name was Lindy Kimbrough. Um, Lindy ended up going to play uh, for Texas Tech. She unfortunately suffered two uh, knee injuries back to back. So she didn't finish her college career. And now she sells uh some really good shampoo of some sort but lindy uh she follows me into the locker room and she kneels down in front of me uh, and she physically lifts up my chin and she was just like don't you dare quit and i'm sorry this is happening to you and like promise me you're not gonna quit and so i was like okay you know <laughs> i could just cry and try to get myself through it so and then she left us as like as soon as she came in and I, I can like see that moment in my head so clearly and like you never know the difference that like one moment can make for somebody mm -hmm. and I think that's why you and I go about making moments like we do mm -hmm. and so after that it I did go play college basketball um mm -hmm. had a full ride to go play um had another really difficult time uh, my freshman year my my coach sat me down the night before the first game and, and told me she wasn't playing me that I was in her bottom eight and I was like getting buckets in preseason I was like calling threes off the glass so I was so surprised like night before my first college game this is what we dream about this is what we work towards and um I didn't understand and so through having to like pull it out of her um she wasn't really giving me a great reason um she finally said to me you know Garza I'm just not used to having one of those on my team and she had, she had just found out that I was gay and that like <clears throat> at the time you know this was a different time this was 2010 which doesn't seem like it was that long ago but we things I mean gay marriage wasn't even legalized till 2015 isn't that crazy um, and so I, I didn't have anybody my parents are great now but we weren't cool with it back then and mm -hmm. so it's like you know, all of these experiences. After that, I went to JUCO, um, you know, had a JUCO coach who was very aggressive and very um, just didn't pull the best out of me. I, I played through fear rather than playing through feeling empowered. And then I got to my four year and, and had, you know, despite all of it, you know, and then I had a, I had a coach that year that humiliated me in front of all of my teammates. And so it's like all of these times of of being defined by these leaders or having like could have been being defined by these leaders. And instead, I don't know how healthy this is, but like there are very few things more motivating than like pure spite 
Mm-hmm. Facts. <laughs> and I don't know if how healthy or of a mind frame or mindset that is, but it really, it really is like that. And just deciding when when somebody doesn't believe in you to have the audacity of self belief anyway and say I'm going to do this in spite of you. Mm-hmm. And um, there's power in that. And so after that, you know, I got to Chili's and, uh, you know, they, they wouldn't let me train bartenders at Chili's either. Like nobody ever let me lead. And I got a master's degree in sport and performance psych. I got a master's in instructional design and human performance tech. And, and like, nobody ever gave me the chance to step into leadership in the way that I always knew that I could and that I wanted to. So in 2021 at 6 AM, when somebody sat me down and said, I'm out of a job, there you it go. was like, this is it. Like, this is the time that maybe my whole life has been pushing me towards all these hard things I've been through. Like now I know exactly who I want to be as a leader Mm -hmm. and how to apologize and say I was wrong Mm -hmm. and how to hold the standard and give people truth with love. Like, Hey, you said you were going to get this done at this time and you didn't. And so let's just talk about it and how we're going to avoid that next time. Or, or at least let's have some, you know, communication. How are we going to communicate? Hey, I can't get to that. And so by sharing somebody with that sternly, you can say like, this is the standard, but that doesn't make you a bad person. doesn't make you humiliated in front of, you know, everybody around you. And so psychological safety is, is what I coach through and for, and that was little Bree's journey to Bree now with shooters shoot is all of those experiences of really hard things um, that I went through I mean, you have to make meaning. You have yeah. to make meaning. That's a fact. If nobody take anything from the episode, I hope they take that. Because, like, even me, like, I feel like everybody, like, naturally is like, why me? When something happened, why me? Or why did mm-hmm. that happen? What did I do to deserve this? When, in reality, uh, you just talked about story after story after story that has built this empire that's going to happen. Like, that has built and shaped what you're teaching about now that has built and shaped the business that you have. So it's like all of these stories, all of these lessons, all of these things is building you. Yeah. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. It's not easy to feel at the time, but Mm -mm. we keep it moving. This, this has been an amazing, (laughs) I feel just from this episode like I'm ready to work when I finish like I feel so motivated I feel the energy I I feel inspired like I love to see what you're doing I love love really love to see women in the game like it's not Mm -hmm. honestly it's not a lot of women in the game like it's not from coaching from teaching from training from everything there will be because we're changing the game ashley that's what we're doing yes 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 you are right in cleveland on april 4th and 5th yes (laughs) again make sure y'all get a ticket make sure you get a ticket i'll be there of course brie will be there it's gonna be some dope individuals there go get a ticket go support actually let's get you a code what um we'll make you a code right after this ends what uh for your podcast uh wouldn't want to be a, a different code yep. different it'll be different let's okay. code different it'll let's get you 10 percent off and then it'll kick ashley back some uh some cash for uh for supporting as well let's y'all y'all just heard that deal we just made on the podcast we just did it on the podcast <laughs> let's do it get the code <laughs> Get the code. We need y'all to go get a ticket. I can't wait. Before we end this podcast, we got top five, top five, top five. I got five things, questions, statements, whatever. You give your best answer. Okay. You ready? <clears throat> yeah. Biggest ick as a trainer, as a coach, as a coach. Whining. Oh, okay. Whining at all ages whining stop whining y'all if you can live anywhere in the world where would it be where my feet are (laughs) oh i like that okay we're gonna go with that answer we're gonna go with that answer your most memorable thing of playing basketball Ooh, 
when I was in seventh grade, it was my first time my big brother came and was able to see me play. And oh. I hit a game winner from behind the backboard, like Larry Bird falling out of bounds behind the backboard, goes through when the buzzer goes off. And he storms the court. He picks up my coach, Coach Watson, twirls her around in a circle. And she's like, put me down. <laughs> and then he comes and picks me up and like puts me on his shoulder and was like, I mean, super hype. So yeah, I was in seventh grade when that happened. I've never forgotten it because he was my hero. He, I watched him play all the time. Um, that was my favorite basketball memory. I love it. Build your five. You can go five WNBA players or you can go five college players and it has to be current players. Okay. <clears throat> Build my five. Okay, Chelsea Gray at the one. Um, We're going to go... Emma Mieseman. Um, man, Caitlin Clark is just generational. I gotta have her. In this. Can you imagine Caitlin Clark and Chelsea Gray? Ooh. That would be wild. Uh, on the outside, so we got a we got a two a two point guard set. We want the scoring <laughs> PC. Um, uh, we got our big. As far as outside. Who can guard? Because Kaylin Clark is growing there. <laughs> it's growing. That's a good one. That's it's a good growing, one. Yeah. Uh, who can guard? Dewana Bonner is okay. a stretch. Uh, and then I just like point guards. I keep thinking of point guards in my head. I can't have it, all those point guards. And then we'll throw a... Uh, if I'm gonna play off ball, somebody who could play no, she doesn't play anymore. Current players, current players. Uh, Brittany Sykes, Brittany Sykes. Oh, okay, okay. We gonna. I mean, that's better than um. Had Japrice Jean on. Shout out to Japrice. If y'all haven't watched her episode, I think she like episode fifteen or sixteen, something like that. Go what episode is this? This is gonna be I don't know twenty something. Okay, but. Go check her episode out. She had everybody that could score. No defense being played and no bigs. I'm like, what's going on here? But, yeah, mm -hmm. that's a good one. Last one, pregame playlist. What's on your playlist when you preparing to work, when you preparing for your conferences? What is on the playlist? I have people on my playlist that inspire me as people, as business, as a businesswoman. Um, so right now, like if I'm getting into the, you know, into the zone, um, honestly, Dolly Parton, okay. uh, Dolly Parton's I've, I've like studied her life and her ability to give people grace, whether they deserve it or not. And like all of that. So listening to Dolly and her energy and her spirit has, I think, led me to lean into my femininity as a leader and my empowered like feeling empowered as a as a woman business leader um so dolly uh what else beyonce love on top um okay. uh, nothing nothing beats that that always makes me want to dance um honestly tevin campbell oh uh, and can we talk can we yeah, I know. that's the worst. first thing that came to mind Fine. <laughs> um, and like the jaw rule Ashanti, uh, okay. like mix and matchup, uh, and then some of the new stuff by uh, Armani White. All right, you got a good little yeah, mix going on. I like that flavor in there. Yeah, uh, you yeah. got a good mix. Okay, that's pretty good. We start this okay. podcast out. You got somebody else? No. Oh. No, no, that's it. We start the <laughs> that's it. We start the podcast off with something that's different in the game. I like to end with the guests with you. What will be different with you within the next three to five years? I I'm gonna be a millionaire. Oh, in the next three to five years 
uh, if not six. Um, my intention, I've been saying it for eight years now, um, that eight years from now in 2030, so this was two years ago when I was saying this, so now six years from now in 2030, um, I'm going to pivot. And I don't know into what or, or why I feel like that or what the change is going to be, but I do know that six, at least six years from now, if not before then, um, I'm going to be a millionaire. I'm going to buy my mom her house back. That just gave me chills. We will be able to play this episode back. <laughs> when I have you back on the episode, we're going to replay this Oh, girl.